Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Pod of the Damned. Just a quick reminder to jump onto our website at podofthedamned.com and place your vote for the film that we are going to be talking about in the final episode of our 31 Days of Horror. There are nine options and you all get to pick. So do it, well not now because you're listening, but after you listen. This episode of Pod of the Damned is rated S for spoilers. You've been warned. You almost died. You have a compound fracture of the tibia in both legs and the fibula in the right leg is fractured too. And as soon as the roads open, I'll take you to a hospital. In the meantime, you've got a lot of recovering to do. There is nothing to worry about. You're going to be just fine. I'm your number one fan. You laughed at them. Shuddered at them. And yet, but for the accident of birth, you might be even as they are. Some alive for three days. Then he shoots them, spins them, and dumps them. I guess it was kind of a miracle you finding me. In a way, I was following you. Their code is a law unto themselves. Offend one, and you offend them all. He's got real physical strength, cautious, precise, and he's never impulsive. He'll never stop. Don't even think about anybody coming for you, because I never called them. Nobody knows you're here. And you better hope nothing happens to me. Because if I die, you die. Jesse. Slimy. Freak. Pure psychopath. So rare to capture one alive. So close to the way you're gonna catch him. Do you realize that? Oh, Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. Welcome back to Podcast of the Damned. Uh, thank you for sticking with us after yesterday. Uh, today we are talking. Human Monsters for our monster <laughs> series. Uh, I'm yeah. Shory. I'm Dean. And I'm Em. And I'm super, super jazzed about today's episode. I think that these human monsters are without doubt the scariest of all the monsters. I know I've said this a couple of times, but this is one that I found really difficult to, to do. Like mm. I just, oh, because there's so many that I would I would have picked. And what direction do you go with it? Like there's, yeah. there's so well, many different interpretations of human monsters. Yeah, like so many real yeah, like life. I, like, yeah, we looked at stuff like I thought about Nightbreed, where the mm-hmm. the monsters are the heroes. Um, we talked about, and I wouldn't make you guys suffer through it, but Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is one of the scariest fair, movies I've ever seen. It would is you awful. would you want to suffer through it again? I think that's something we um, all suffer through. Like, yeah, I don't know because that's I, not I, even like a Shory style film. Do you know what I mean? It's just a. Yeah. Do you know what I it's mean? Just like, up. it's just fucked up. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll be honest. Originally, I was thinking like serial killer, like real life serial killer yeah. stories, mm-hmm. that be things that we watch. Because as a kid, I actually watched a lot of those because they were on TV. Yeah, I I never uh, okay. Yeah. I I did. I never saw the um. I never saw the serial killer stuff on TV. I don't know what the what you were watching, Dean, or maybe this is just. <laughs> no, do you know what it is? There was something about it where like I wouldn't be able to watch any of the films that we're talking about today when I was young. But there's yeah. something about when it was a it was a real life story. I think adults <laughs> or even TV right. networks at the time thought there was kind of like a a nature of warning within that. So yeah, it's kind okay. of what was on on a Monday and Tuesday night okay, on, so the, on the movie, yeah. How does that explain the fact that I somehow watched Single White Female and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle during the day <laughs> well, on, I don't on broadcast think TV? Yeah, yeah, that's, I don't, fair. I don't, that's fair. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they're based on true stories. If they are, fuck. Oh, I'm sure they are. That's I mean, really? 
Who knows? I'm sure there's some bases no, in there, but, but it's also the movies that were, you know, you'd be homesick from school and at midday on Channel 7, they would have the midday movie and they would be a serial killer movie, but it was watered down. There was no real violence. It Do was... you reckon that's still a thing? Is that still yeah, a thing 100%. now? Like, oh, really? all the Lifetime movies with yeah, Lisa yeah. Milano in them now. Yeah. But now, wow. yeah, it's so true. But now we've got so many different channels. That I was about to say, kids, kids are watching at the midday one, movie you, on yeah. Channel 7. But they might be watching Channel 7 too that has four. Like, it's it's four of them. Like, there's so much. Now, because we've got all the yeah. different channels, there's ones that are constantly doing it. And I've got to be honest, sometimes I love just switching over and seeing the crazy films that they pick for it. It's like yeah. the remember Sunday night movies that every yes. Sunday night, that was, yeah, that, or the, the one yeah. that would be on at 7.30 on a Saturday. Anything yeah. better than Hey, Hey, it's Saturday, eh? <laughs> yes. We were actually just reminiscing about this recently, how, you know, back in the day, you, like, we were saying how we feel like our generation is across a lot more media content than this current generation because we were forced to watch well, we a bunch of shit that we, yeah. we didn't necessarily want to because we didn't have all the choice. We didn't have streaming mm-hmm. services. We couldn't choose to watch what we wanted when we wanted. We just had to sit down and be like, you know, as you like wait for the TV guy to come out and be like, ooh, what are the movies that are on this this week on like Friday, Saturday and Sunday night? And that's what you watched because that's what was there. Yeah, and, there's and lots of... Sorry, oh, I was no, just no, going to say we're totally yeah. going on a tangents. <laughs> there's, no, there's no such thing as event TV anymore. Like there's not, yeah. I need to be home at night, yeah. you know, 8.30 on a Wednesday night to watch The X-Files or yeah. 7.30 yeah, yeah, to watch yeah. a new Simpsons episode. There's none of that anymore. Exactly. But I want to, even with my nieces and nephews, I want to instill that a little bit more. Like mm. every couple of weeks to a, this is the time we watch this movie, we do this thing. And because it's a good way to watch and regulate, not just have mm-hmm. everything on air. And let's be honest, I feel like the first movie we're going to talk about today is probably the kind of movie that would be on at midday on like oh, yeah. Channel 7 at some point. You may have found yourself <laughs> watching this so film true. way too young. <laughs> we were talking about this before we were recording. Normally, when we're planning everything, we come up with a tier and we kind of start with our. Mm. Uh, we we love nearly loved every film that we've watched, but our least mm. enthused to our most enthused. But with mm. human monsters, oh my god, we just, just can't all... one. <laughs> so we're just diving in because all three, all three picks today are fantastic. Yeah. All, all right, right, Dean. So we're, we're gonna start, we're gonna start with yours, Dean. We're starting with mine, and my choice was Misery. Woo! All right. So after Such a famous a author is rescued from a car crash by a fan of his novels, he comes to realise that the care he is receiving is only the beginning of a nightmare of captivity and abuse. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah. Now, yeah, I it, haven't read this book, so I, I haven't have. read the original Stephen King I haven't novel. read the book either. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So I don't know how faithfully this, this movie um, recreates the story from the book, but I will say that as far as... Setting aside whether or not the adaptation was was faithful, in terms of just the quality of the movie, I'd say this is one of my favourite Stephen King movies. Like, it, it's, it's just... It's very agreed, faithful agreed, to the book. Agreed, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, it's just such a good movie. Like, there's another one, I'm not going to mention it because we're going to be talking about it <clears throat> in an episode coming up, um, but there's another Stephen King... Well, there's a few Stephen King movies that are... They're really good, and there's a lot that are shit. Well, I think too rubbish, but the ones that adapt, yeah, yeah. Well, the ones that adapt so well are the ones that aren't that don't really involve as much supernatural stuff. I would think, like Shawshank, like Green Mile, um, like this. They the ones where it's more human based rather Mm. than there's a monster. I mean. It is my favourite book of all time, but it wow. the movies don't translate well that. because there's so much to cut out. Yeah, yeah, I love it. 
So it's um, your favourite book of all time. That's massive. Wow. Yeah. It's a, okay. it's, I've read it, I think, six times. Whoa. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I need to go out and buy Misery and just read the book now. Because yeah, it's good. It, it, and it's I very mean, the faithful. Mu- the movie is amazing, but why do you love the book mm. so much? I'm oh, no, this is just, no, like, Misery, no, sorry. I mean, when I said it, I mean it's as in it. The Stephen oh, King story. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Go, We're go, both go, like, okay. It. No, no, it. no, no, no. Not this one. It. Right. Um, as right. in the, the killer clown one. The killer no, no, clown. But this, but this one is very, very faithful. I think they only yeah, okay. added the um the the sheriff and his wife is not really in the book. It's okay. more in the movie to give it a bit more. Yeah. I said, you know, you take away from it a little bit more, like to push away from. Paul and Annie yeah, a sure. little bit. Well, to give um, yeah. a little bit more. And yeah, because I, I, I love their relationship. They were hilarious. They cracked me up the whole time. That was great. I can understand bringing in some of just a little bit of the outside world because yeah. for the most part, mm-hmm. most of the, the story in the film is is just enclosed in this one location and I love a film that's set in essentially yep. one location. Um, but it is like a nice touch because... I think for some reason, more so in films than reading a book, you do find yourself sometimes thinking, watching something like this, like surely someone's looking for him. Like where's the where's the cop? So it just kind of brings, it's it's not like too heavy handed, but just brings a little bit of like, okay, now I can continue to believe this narrative because, okay, yeah. here's someone looking for him. Um, and exactly. can we just say like fucking Cassie Bates. Oh, oh my she's, God, amazing. She's just phenomenal. Like- no wonder she won awards for this film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. my word! But oh Jeez. my word! Was this anyone's first? Was Dean? Was this your first viewing of Misery? We've all seen this. Before, oh God, yeah? no! God, yeah, okay. I've seen cool, it cool. every time. Every time it's on, it's the film I watch. Like, yeah. I yeah, it's fantastic. And I will say, this is one of those films that I did see too young. I don't remember how old <laughs> I was, but I was absolutely traumatized by two scenes. One is going to be very obvious, and one not so much. So was, yeah. was traumatised by the breaking of the ankles with the sledgehammer, oh, as I think oh, everyone is, because it is just absolutely. Oh, oh. Oh, and that's different like, in the book. Oh, yeah? Because she No, 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 don't foot. tell me. Too late. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm going to read it anyway. It's, yeah. It, look, it's all exactly the same except for Wait, that what happens in the different. book. Yeah, okay, you may as well. So okay. he, she chopped his foot off. Oh, wow. Whoa. So he, he's yeah. like an amputee. It's like it's it's exactly the same setup and everything. It's yeah. just it's just different because of that. Yeah. They just changed that bit. Like nothing else yeah. that doesn't spoil anything else because it, it is very faithful to the book. So yeah, okay. you'll read the book and you'll go, oh, okay, this is pretty much scene for scene almost. Okay, but it's, so, that's, wow. it, that is a little difference. So the other scene that stuck with me, and I actually think this is a great example of how this film uses different kinds of. Um, horror to scare you so one is very violent and very like holy shit like she's breaking his ankles this is horrific the other is when it's after he manages to escape from the bedroom in one of the times he escapes from the bedroom to go and try and find the phone I think um and he accidentally knocks one of her little porcelain figurines (laughs) he puts it back in place but the scene that got to me is when she fucking comes home and she can tell this one little figurine is just slightly in the wrong direction and I'm like Oh, she knows. And oh, it's, just, it's so good. And it's and so good. So good. She's so good. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Oh. And like that that final scene, I love that she's also that that quintessential thing in horror movies where for unexplained reasons, the the killer, in this case, as as you say, Shuri, no kind of supernatural element, just no. a, a human monster, because that's what mm-hmm. the episode is about. Like 
God, just die. How does she keep getting up? Like, how's it? He's hit her on the head with a typewriter and yep. she gets yeah. up like it's nothing. She yeah. then, can we just talk about that? That was an old typewriter there. Typewriter. Heavy. That was an old typewriter. It's heavy. So you can see him doing, he's lifting in his weights to keep himself strong too. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I love the, I love the moment where he, like, grabs his bung leg and, like, flicks it around yeah. to trip her. I'm like, that was brilliant. Oh, and, and she smashes, so like, smashes her head on the typewriter, blood pulling out, gets up again. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ in heaven. Like, they they just, yeah, she just won't, yeah. Yeah. won't die. Yeah. But she does. Anyway, but I, I guess part of the other reason that I love this film is I don't know if you guys have ever really thought about this but being being a nerd and being a part of like fan culture like I I love how this yes I love how this film plays on like that really stereotypical idea of like the fan as a fanatic I mean as as being actually quite unhinged and fanatical about um a fictional text to the point that they're they are not. They're no longer in touch with reality, which is which is still like quite a prevalent stereotype about fans. People who yeah, are passionate yeah. about mm-hmm. stories and movies. You know, maybe maybe we're not so much thinking to this extent that there are. I fans mean, out I don't think it's killing. that much of an extreme. Like pe- some people are that dedicated to things. Look at people on Twitter. <laughs> well, well, look at all the stalker cases and things like that as well. Yeah, yeah. look at all, yeah. all the abuse Jan Slot gets for just any comment he makes about a comic. Like, bam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is, um, yeah, so it, it really is, I guess in some ways you, you watch it and you're like, yeah, yeah, I guess I could see that. I can see it happening. I guess I could see that happening. Yep. Like, I mean, the only part that's unbelievable is just how how good she is at not dying she's just so resilient she's so clever and resourceful and the fact that she conveniently knows how to keep him alive she knows how to care for him because well, um, she was a nurse yeah 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 it's that but thing I mean, as well. a part of me just re-watching this because it's been a while i forgot about the penguin thing and i was like oh my god oh my god mm-hmm. oh my god but also yeah. a part of me while watching it was like and maybe it's just the extended lockdown we're in was like maybe she's bipolar and doesn't know on another level, not in a sympathetic Maybe. way, but her okay. extreme, her extreme yeah. responses to to things, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's just it, a part of me. Maybe because it's my extended lockdown as well, a, a level of sympathy when she was snapping like that in such extremes because she is a woman that is alone in this scenario. Like I don't know, maybe I've just been in ISO too long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean she is clearly like mentally unhinged like no doubt about it like this is not a mentally stable person there is something going on with her um and look I'm I would assume that the kind of people we have listening to this podcast have all seen this film but if you haven't seen this film like just pause this episode and just go go and watch this film because it's just Kathy Bates uh, is amazing in it like oh it's absolutely amazing and the way this film builds tension and dread and as we've said it's for the most part so just for a very a very brief sort of overview this um this guy is an author of a a romance series of novels and he's decided he wants to kind of branch out and you know do something else with the kind of stuff that he writes so he he wants to write a final novel in this series where the main character whose name is misery um is, is killed off essentially so that then he can move on and do something else. Um, 
he gets into a car crash. I can't remember. Sorry, I'm moving in really weird ways because I'm trying to shift things. Um, he gets into a car crash. He's driving crash. in a blizzard. Yeah, he's yeah, driving in a blizzard. Yeah, because he's driving in a blizzard and he is discovered by this um, woman and to begin with he thinks that, you know, everything's going to be fine because she takes him back to her house and says that she's a nurse and she's going to take care of him and coincidentally, oh, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. And to begin with it just seems and- like... Sorry, yeah, you keep sorry. Going, keep going. No, I was just going to say. To begin with, it just seems like, oh, okay, like you know, you're a fan. That's 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 nice. That's sweet. Um, and then it, it, essentially, the way it unfolds is that she discovers when she, he lets her read um, a draft manuscript that he's planning on killing off this main character, and that's where things unravel because she kind of loses the plot, and she's she's obsessed with. Um, with the misery character and with the series, and relates and she, to the character and it loves the character. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's also already stalking him because she says, like, when he says, "Oh, how did you find me?" and she says, "Well, I knew you were at the hotel. I was following you." Mm. And so, like, yeah, she's already, right. she's oh, already. Wow, a bit, I actually forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. She says that she goes, "Oh, yeah. Goes, how did you find me in the snow?" And she's he's like, "Oh, I, I, you know, I knew you stayed there. I came up there, and mm. you know, and then I, I followed you, and that's how I saw you have the accident, and that's how she got him out." And that's how the film is brilliant, like lots of these little subtle little red flags. And to begin with, mm-hmm. you kind of just, it seems a little bit like, okay, this is a little bit unsettling, but okay, you know, it's its just a, it's just a passionate fan. Yeah. Yeah. You just well, think, the- oh, it's, you know, it's just, just a passionate fan. I'm, I'm going to be okay. She's going to, you know, I'm going to go to hospital. And then gradually, you know, I think when she well, starts to lose the plot and tries to force him to rewrite the ending of the draft that he's written, um, and, or, or create a new novel where misery comes back. We sort of, yeah, it's just in terms there's of that, that. There's that first real scene where he, she started reading the manuscript and she's like, oh, well, you know, I don't really care for the profanity in this, mm. Paul. And he starts, yeah. then he's like, oh, yeah, but that's how people, when I was a street kid, I grew up like that. That's how I talk. And she goes, oh, and then she just snaps and she's, what she said, here's a big bastard check for that. And she's spilling the soup. And like, I love her performance is phenomenal, but I also mm. like yeah. that James Kahn's performance is very, subtle and low-key like mm. he's gone from oh okay then all of a sudden you see in his eyes he's just like what the fuck is going on here both of them and do it- a stellar job yeah mm. and they're perfectly matched like you need that you can't ha- you can't have them both up here so we've got kathy bates who is like this so we need <laughs> we need i've forgotten his name but we need Paul. him to be a bit more just steady yeah. so that we've James got Carr. that yeah, so that we've got that um, that balance between them. But as far as like um, close quarters, enclosed, you know, single location horror movies, this is it's really there's not a moment watching it that you're bored or you're wondering sort no. of like where is this going? Like you just engage the whole time. It is exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I don't know what else to say. I was so glad, like, that I, I got to make this pick because I sometimes feel like, as we've been doing this, that you guys pick corkers that are way better than mine. And I was so happy that I got to get... Oh, you picked Teen Wolf, though. No, I don't say that. Teen Wolf was a mistake. But but sometimes I'm like, oh, no, sort of this. And Misery's been one that's been... I've just been waiting for the right moment so much. Yes. Yeah. But that's kind oh. of I, I kind of love that with this, I must say, with this with this podcast series, every now and again one of us will have like a film and you know you've got it in the back of your head, you're like, I just need to get this in somewhere. If there's <laughs> gonna be a subgenre where this works, and then we get to the episode that's just like, Yes, we can talk about <laughs> this one. And I think yep. misery's 
just fantastic. Yeah. 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 I think so too. I'm so happy. Yep. I'm glad as well. I mean, I didn't realize that the sheriff and the wife weren't a part of it. So I'm glad that they're, I love that. Like, I love their relationship. We're, we're their relationship happy. was great. It's mm. so good. Like it breaks my heart with what happens to him, but it's just, yeah. yeah. I love that I, we're all so happy that we we don't have much more to say. <laughs> yeah, that scene yeah. where the, the scene where they're driving along and she puts her, her hand on his thigh and she's rubbing it. And he's like, "When you're in this car, you are my deputy and I'm your sheriff." And she's yeah. like, "Yeah, well, I'd rather be at home in bed with the sheriff." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you know, right. "There's that there's that fire in our relationship. There's that spice again." Like when they keep giving each other shit, they're great. I love them. They yeah. were, they're not in the original book, but they're just such a well written for the movie um, casting yeah, yeah. as well. Where they just Absolutely. they seem like this lovely old couple. Who have That's lived awesome. in that town for seven hundred years? Yeah, yeah. So I love that something it, it that wasn't did, in the book worked well. Yeah, well, yeah. It did. It was weird a little bit though. When I'm like, you just think, oh, people are so obsessed with an author. Like, oh my god, it's just yeah, yeah. It's nuts. Mm. I love That's it. true. That could be a whole yeah. podcast series, like fans yeah, and true, their uh, oh, healthy obsessions. We can cover that um, Fred Durst movie that was with John Travolta called The Fanatic. Fred Durst from Limp Bizkit directed a movie called The Fanatic with John Okay, Schalter. This sounds like this is a, a tangent and a massive rabbit hole and I want to go there, but let's go there another time and we've got more time. Yep. Because okay. I will save okay. that for another episode. We'll find, it. we'll find a way to get it there. Okay, let's right. go on to our second film. Um, so the second film was my pick um, and I have to admit, much like you, Dean, this was one of my like, I hope I find a way to get this in. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the second film is The Silence of the Lambs. Such a good Hello, Clarice. Yeah. Okay, Shuri, give All us right. the overview. A young FBI cadet must receive the help of an incarcerated and manipulative cannibal killer to help catch another serial killer, a madman who skins his victims. Yeah. God, that's, I feel like that's it's, such a simplistic. Oh, there's so um, much more to it. But it, it covers enough. But it's, it's so now, can I ask you guys, have either of you read the books? I didn't Any, know there were No, I never so had, this I is, knew there was. It's a series had. of books by Thomas Harris and there are – and so all of the – I think except for the like all the Anthony Hopkins ones mm. are based on books except for I think the prequel, The Hannibal Rising the or whatever it's called, it? which yeah, is supposed yeah. to be awful. Okay. Um, but the books are great. As the okay. movies go, I think – and this is just my opinion – that Silence of the Lambs and Manhunter by Michael Mann are the only ones you should watch. I think the okay. rest aren't that great. But Manhunter is brilliant and this is the best of them all. Okay. It's I will, so yeah. it's another film where I'm just like Jodie Foster just oh so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so she, amazing in the way yeah. she just oh nail I mean so is Anthony Hopkins, but uh, but I was about just, to say everyone talks about Anthony Hopkins in this film. And yes, he's amazing. He always brings gravitas so to whatever he does. Good but, in, but yeah, yeah the way she, is incredible. There's a power to the way she holds her tension and mm. a strength to it that just throughout the whole film, I think is like I almost want to watch the bloopers. Do you know what I mean? For, <laughs> I said, only because she's so uh it's just so wow. And but again, I, I just Yeah, sorry, Dean. No, well, it's it's just that thing where I'm like, I watch it just thinking, I wanna I wanna sit in a room and watch your process mm. to be able mm-hmm. to do this. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the actor in me. And and speaking again about like perfectly matched actors and like the the dynamic between them, I think Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins just have this perfect balanced rhythm between the, the two and, of them. Yeah, yeah. That, that is just you just you 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 kind of. 
in those in the scenes when it's just the two of them, and there's a lot of intimate scenes um, between the two of them, just just di- dialogue in conversation. You feel yourself wanting to like lean forward and just not because you can't hear it. You just you just <laughs> like I want to lean into this and really just be a part of this 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 dialogue and this interaction. Um, but this film is so. Oh gosh, like it's so layered. It's it's so it is actually so complex. I mean, in terms of building a um, I guess firstly, in terms of building a story world, and maybe this has come from the fact that it was based off books, you can mm-hmm. tell watching this film that like, oh, there's so many little tangents and bits of this story that we haven't even heard. Like, you know, how did how what is Hannibal's backstory? How did he become yeah. who he is? Yeah. And and I what about Buffalo Bills? Watched, like, yeah. Have either of you ever watched the series? Yeah. I watched the first season. I haven't, I haven't finished I it. A part of me, I know there are extra movies, I know there's a series, I know there's all this other stuff, but this film, I that I don't want to, because the film tells it in such a way, a part of me doesn't want to know. A part of I don't me recommend doesn't watching, want to know. I actually don't recommend watching Hannibal, not because really? um, the series, not because I think it ruins anything, but, okay, I watched the fir- the two Two seasons, I think it is. The first season is good. It's I wouldn't say it's brilliant. It's it's good. That that's just my take on it. I was mm-hmm. like, this was good. The second season, oh my god, it became so in self indulgent, okay. and like I I struggled to get through it. Like um, I was I watched it with Vaughn. We both like we kept putting off watching more episodes, and we were like, no, okay, <laughs> we've got to finish this. Like, and I said to her when it was getting near the end, I was like, if there's another season, I'm out, I'm out, because this is... Was there? Was there only two? I think there is a third, I think. Well, a third. Yeah. Yeah, but look, I, I would agree. In terms of that universe, this film, I think, is the best. Um, mm. I think it's the kind of film yeah, that I think could now. only have been made in the 90s as well. Yeah. Do, does anyone... I remember seeing a commercial. I think there's a, film, a series now about Clarice. Yeah, there is. Yes, um, I've watched one episode of that and wasn't very taken with it. Okay. It's just for me. I think the film gives me everything I need that I don't want to go that's looking, it. or I don't need or want anything in any other space. I, I don't think want that's a prequel. The thing. I don't. Yeah. The, the the film is brilliantly written. I yeah. I think at the end, I want to talk about briefly the cinematography of all the three different films and the way in which they all capture mm-hmm. things in such sure. a good way. Like the, it, it's just so great, and it really draws you into every character's experience that it's that same thing as well where it's like the villains don't feel like villains yeah Yeah, there's there's an empathy like the i i still look at the film and go the real villain what is the warden of the of the yes yeah yeah, but but we're we're talking about serial killers someone skinning someone someone eating Mm -hmm. someone alive and Mm -hmm. you you empathize (laughs) which is really amazing work by everybody and the bureaucrat is the piece of shit yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, oddly enough, I guess the human monster in this is the bureaucrat, not the capital. <laughs> like, which, well, you know. I mean, I mean he always talk- plays that kind of role so well as well, doesn't he? But I think, too, that, you know, we talk about Hopkins and we talk about um, Jodie Foster, but I think Ted Levine is the, like, the almost the MVP of this movie. Like, him as Buffalo Bill, he is incredible. Oh, and he, yeah. for the limited screen time he gets, he is terrifying. Uh, and yeah. I think it's the the biggest problem with it is I think with him, like he got typecast after that. And he, mm. you know, because of his voice and because of the way he speaks. Mm. And I think, you know, the people do the bad impressions of it. 
would you fuck me? Like the way yeah. he sounds. Yeah. But, you know, that whole thing of you just getting inv- into this guy's head of how mm. mentally unstable he is and that mm. there's that scene where, you know, he's the, the, the put the lotion in the basket scene mm-hmm. and which is, you know, and he starts off and he's very, very quiet. And very I had a dollar for every drag show I've seen recreate that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at mm-hmm. all. And and then the way he's just sort of and she's screaming at him and he's like put the bar put the lotion in the fucking basket and then yeah. when she's screaming at him at the end and he just looks at her and he's like oh yeah like, like making mocking her it's it is so it's terrifying. terrifying yeah it absolutely is like it's, wow I was about to say given that it's a movie like that that one of the main characters is a cannibal it's it's interesting that I was going to say it's interesting that he comes across as the more terrifying character but not really he does skin people so i mean he is hmm. he is legitimately he holds his own well, against a cannibal well, we never see hopkins of, actually do it though like except for the, the bit in the jail I mean, cell when he rips that guy's oh, face off which is but otherwise whoa. But, I mean, yeah. that's also part of the brilliance of the film. We never see it, and yet they've created this monster. Like, mm-hmm. we absolutely. And it's great, yeah. It's just the suggestion, like the knowledge that he does it and that yep. one, as you say, He's that scene up. at the hospital, that one glimpse into, um, I guess, the darker side of his mm-hmm. his persona when he takes that guy's face off and puts it on his own. That's enough of a glimpse into, I think, and the way he does it, he's so... He's so calm and calculated and um, uh, what's the, the word? Like he does have that psychiatric, um, uh, psychiatrist vibe. Gee, like, yeah, 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 he's got that. He's just kind he's of manipulative. cold and logical. Yeah. yeah. But did you guys notice too that every yeah, scene Yeah, and he's when charming. Every yeah. scene where they're close up where he's on the front, like looking straight down the camera, he doesn't and blink. This is the, can I tell you, this is the thing. The way, yeah, the way they shoot it and he doesn't blink, he doesn't move, he keeps his mm. focus. I, I'm just going to touch on it quickly. In 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 Misery, the way in which when we have extreme calm moments of Kathy Bates, you're seeing it from the perspective of him in the bed. Like it's just, mm. it's skillful. It's so skillful. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. not just the cinematography, but in, working in conjunction with the actor. And he, Anthony Hopkins, oh, mm. Yeah, well, you know it's, it's 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 very rare mm. in movies where you have shots where the actors are looking down the camera because yeah. it sort of it can be unnerving. But for this, it works because you want them to be looking. You don't want Anthony Hopkins to be have his wide eyes staring down the, the barrel at you. Well, where you don't feel like they're looking at the camera, you feel like they're looking at you. So many times yeah. they're looking at the camera the, mm. in both in both the moments like this in both the films that we've seen. They're looking at us. Like mm. it's just like, oh, don't look at me, don't look at me. It's played. Yeah. It's done in such a way to don't really. Feel tension, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to um, also make you add to your uncomfortable, the uncomfortable tone. I love yeah. it. You know, I didn't actually think of this when I when I picked this film, but I'm going to just take credit for it anyway. But now that we're talking yeah. about it, I think that this film actually brilliantly sets up, like it truly creates monsters. Like the thing about these two, the three characters, so Buffalo Bill, Hannibal Lecter, and the um the prison ward, is that we get. We get these three characters where you don't you don't have to they create the film creates myths around them. You don't actually have to yeah. see mm-hmm. everything yeah. that they do. It's all just suggestion, and it is so powerful that so I mean, good. as we've said with Lecter, you virtually see nothing of of no. the reality of the monster that he is, and yet the myth and the idea of him as a monster is so powerful and present. Um, through through such clever means, like I, I'm thinking, even the the suit that he wears to be transferred, which has become iconic with the mask with the yeah. bars across oh, his God, mouth, yeah. even yep. just 
that is suggestive that oh, it, it's it's just sort of brilliantly done. Um, I, I think what's yeah. really interesting is the constant playing of manipulation of Clarice in all aspects of Clarice's life. Yes. And, and the fact that the one person that's really not is him. Mm. You know, well, he's, he, well, they're both playing a game of cat and mouse. She's going in yeah. with one cat and mouth and he, mm. he's playing with it as well. But mm. there's almost this symbiosis in the way in which they can do it with each other. But the way in which she plays it with him as opposed to the way she, say, plays it with her boss or, yeah. or in other scenarios or That's even crawl, crawl, other, moments with the other other policemen in the room and everything. Like it's that really, it's, yeah. it's, it's where she gets, I, I kind of feel like both of them get to, there's a trueness to themselves that they get yeah. to have. Well, it's about to say, I mean, he openly several times says it's a quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's yeah. their relationship is built on a balanced exchange. The idea yeah. that, uh, you know, he, I mean, and and even, look, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Dean, but I mean, even that, him suggesting that, I think even the fact that he sets up a quid pro quo is in itself a manipulative because he, 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 he sets up their exchange so that she has to approach him as an equal. She has to basically, like, try and let go of the fact that he's a cannibal and he's yeah, a criminal yeah. and he's in jail and he's like, no, no, this is going to be an equal exchange. Um, like, it kind of scares me to think that he's a psychiatrist, this character, because I'm like, fuck, that's a his, – his mind is a powerful weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because how many people that you know that work in, like, psychiatry or psychology actually have – you know, good mental fortified, you know, and make now making <laughs> But I mean, when you think about it, in a lot of ways, that as much as yes, he's a cannibal, a cannibal, the, the true like uh horror of what he's able to do is his intelligence. It's his ability yep. to manipulate people. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that's yes, true. That's true. He just happens, and I, I, I truly think he just happens to cook them and eat them afterwards. But he's <laughs> no, no, really. It's just incidental. I mean, and also what I will say about the TV series Hannibal is it really it really does um, shine a light on that, his his mm-hmm. mental um, faculties and how he uses that to manipulate people and how that is really that is really his strength and that's where the evil comes from, his his ability to manipulate people into thinking what he wants them to think and 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 it really is almost presented like and he just happens to eat human flesh. On the side. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will say, because it's just a funny little story, the last time I watched this film, because I've, I've seen it many times, so I didn't rewatch it this time, the last time I watched it was when I was in Europe a couple of years ago um, because we did a wine tour of the Chianti region <laughs> in, in Italy and it, it, I realised, because I was there with Kat, because um, I started making all these jokes about fava beans and, and Chianti. <laughs> and a nice um, Chianti. Yeah, and a nice Chianti, um, discovered that she'd never seen it. And I was like, okay, uh, well, we should watch it while we're here. So that was the last well, time that I, I watched it. Amy cool. and I did a thing in Melbourne called the Underground Cinema. Um, earlier yes, this year I, when we weren't oh, in lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so the last time was FBI and mm. it was actually a Signs of the Lambs and Amy had never seen it then either. Oh wow! Ah. And and so it wasn't so oh, much good. all How the you never seen it. Yeah, mm. and it wasn't so much all the Hannibal Lecter stuff. It was I can't wait for the Goodbye Horses Buffalo Bill scene because we're looking at this on a giant screen. Mm. Oh wow! And it, that scene oh, wow. comes out. It really comes out of nowhere. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Can we you also know? just because I feel like we can't talk about this without at least touching on it. It's the only thing about this film that, in in hindsight, watching it again, like now is 
the depiction of transgender mm-hmm. people. Well, is, is yeah. It, I, I find, and, and it's very of its time, um, but this is the, the setting for this film. It's the, the way this is set up is the idea that this man is, it's seen as a mental illness, um, mm-hmm. the fact that he he wants to live life as a woman and it's established I early think- in the film that he he's applied for a sex change operation, which is what it's called at that time, and he's denied that. And there's a, I, I feel like his, his desire to live as a woman is rolled into the notion of his monstrosity and what, what makes him monstrous, like, that's how I read it you're absolutely right no 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 it's not you're not wrong in any way shape or form years ago I saw that as well and Mm. it's something that I've had conversations with people Mm. I don't know maybe it's something about watching it this time where the line that really clicked with me is the fact that um when when Lester was saying Lester Hannibal Lecter Lecter Lester where's my brain going was saying um that he he thinks he's transgender but he's not Mm. And and then Which, uh, for some reason I know I know I know like yeah, there's, there's problematic there's, there's a whole, itself, whole problematic yeah. thing in there but that for the first time ever in watching this and maybe it's because we I'm watching with different mm. eyes when I'm watching things because we're going to talk about it I dissected a little differently and then thought about what that meant for the acting and everything because it is the reality of sure. someone who thinks they're going down a path that that is a path that is completely acceptable and valid but mm. for the for those that experience it but maybe it's not right and it's something else mm. and then I and it's only because I'm I've never thought it before until like I was watching it and I was just like oh my god maybe that brings a whole different level to his acting and what that yeah. was like and, but I I could just be then again because you're right it is a very much a, a working period of its time I could also I be mean, formulating that now because I know that that's not okay if the, the reality well, of I the do yeah I mean I hear what you're saying that and that can be that that is a valid that is a valid reading the notion that that that, that is a valid pathway but perhaps it's not the pathway for him I think the only reason that it feels problematic is because of the oh, time it, in which it was oh, completely set when, we, and the thought that someone and we already know there are plenty of plenty of trans people who aren't able to get the support they need in mm. any way shape or form so yeah it's it, mm. that's the thing I'm I'm in no way trying to justify it but this is the first time that I looked at it with different mm. eyes when I heard that sentence said by him and yeah. went wow what if it is actually not yeah. that the the issue isn't that um that they're transgender but the issue is the fact that they want to be transgender so much as an explanation mm. for all these other things within them. Yeah. But then that brings up whole problematic issues in regards to the intersex community and I don't want to do that either. No. I'm going to rewatch the film now again because <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really interested to kind of look at it through uh, maybe not a different lens, lens but just have a more open lens to what this yeah. could, what they could be, yeah. might have been trying to say. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. And, and, uh, but they could also have just at the, done it over time and it could be a bit of transphobia mm. that has changed over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say, yeah. before we move on to the next film, I just want to say one of the opening scenes when Buffalo Bill lures um, a girl into his van by asking the broken about, arm. Uh, moving moving his um, furniture. Yep. You never, I don't know any woman. <laughs> that would, who, anyone. Anyone. Well, yes, yeah, but yes. But from my perspective, it, I'm like, I don't know any woman who would not only just offered it to help on, on your own, but go in backwards yeah. into Can you hop a van. In first for me? I'm yeah. like, no. I'd be like, no, no, I can't. But and I, I'm leaving now. <laughs> I will say that is based on what Ted Bundy used to do with women. Oh, really? He did the same yeah. thing. So it's it's easy for us to all go, 
oh, we'd never do that. People did it because Ted Bundy killed like 27 women. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good note to end on for like given human monsters. That's so another a real please human don't, monster. Yeah. <laughs> so in other words, don't help people at all. Never yeah, help anyone. But that's also, <laughs> can I just say, not just please don't help people. Please, men, can you just not kill people and yeah. try to look like just stop? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and on that happy note, I think we're we're up to our last. And you're right; they're all so different. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're Shuri, so very different. Shuri so this was my pick. Uh, it is Todd Browning's Freaks from 1932. Could only have been a um, Shuri pick. Oh, this is. Oh, gotcha. We'll, yeah, we'll get yeah. to this. Like wow. Uh, a circus's beautiful trapeze artist agrees to marry the leader of sideshow performers, but his deformed friends discover she's only marrying him for his in- inheritance. Um, this is this is a movie I watch every October. This is yeah. one of the – there is something about this movie I love so much. And for people who don't know, Todd Browning also made Dracula with uh, Bela Lugosi. Ah. And so cool. – But this was his – this was, I think, this was either before – let me look it up because I want to make sure I can get it right – but he, this movie was banned in a lot of places. Mm. Um, yeah, so this was after Dracula. And um, was, this was banned because of it, because of the, I think it's the, I think it would just scared people at the time. And I was about to say, yeah, is it, because I imagine at the time the, you know, de, I'm using this, I'm using this word because of the film, but the depiction mm-hmm. of the freaks would have been so, I'm guessing, confronting. And I yeah, because this yeah. film, I don't know if it, I'm sure you'll be able to answer this, I'm sure. I don't know if it's um, technically classified this way, but this feels like an exploitation film. Um, I don't think it was it supposed to be. It wasn't meant I don't to think, be. Okay. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be meant, but the. But is that a common about, reading of the film that it's like. Yeah, it's, yeah. but it's not. Uh, but then I look at it and I go, I don't think it's exploitive as well. Like I look at it and, you know, you he's showing them, you know, he shows the one guy with no arms and legs rolling a cigarette, how he rolls mm. a cigarette. Like I think the, and it, it, it plays into our human monsters in that the trapeze artist and the strongman are horrible people. Mm. Yeah, all the all the so-called freaks are actually mm. lovely people, and mm-hmm. they they ingratiate when you know, like when we get talking about the story, when she marries the uh, the, the leader of them, mm. yeah, Hans, um, they ingratiate her. Yeah, and it's the famous mm-hmm. scene of Google Gobble, one of us, one of us, Google Gobble, mm. and they they're bringing her in, they accept her, and they bring, mm. and you know, there is nothing until the end where they go, well, fuck this, if they're going to be horrible, we're going to mess them up. Mm. They're always they're lovely the whole time. Yeah, you know, there, no, it, nothing... do, it does feel like a very, um, a very that that it's... typical kind of narrative around the people who you think are the monsters mm. uh, are actually not the monsters. And I it's know, the, but they're the so horrible. Normal folk who are the monsters. The people. Yeah. The thing for the thing for me, they're just so terrible. Like uh, you see it mm. coming, and then you <laughs> see it coming, and then it keeps on going. And in a space like the circus, in a traveling circus, mm. you know the the realities that you know we often see. Well, this is a community; they're all this. It's a family, yeah. and and that it can actually not be that. And then what mm. that becomes, and 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 it is that that that. Oh my god! Like it's it's that awful. The moment when he realizes that all this time that when mm. they get married and he realizes that you know she's laughing at him, but also mm. it's the nature of this was his place to feel he's a he's a, a little person with all mm. of this money and the place mm-hmm. that he feels welcome is mm. is there. Oh, it's yep. just there's yep. so, so I think much. it's hilarious that they slipped up over something as stupid as they just got too drunk 
And because they were drunk at the wedding, they started to run their mouths and, yep. and actually reveal the fact that they were laughing at him and they, they you know, that they weren't sincere. Um, yeah. I, I, I did just want to say, just going back to the um, exploitation, I think, I think the reason that I read it as potentially exploitative is that I noticed, and, you know, this is talking about cinematography, I noticed that there was a lot of shots that just lingered on... Yeah the freaks mm-hmm. just for no there was no discernible reason just doing something that 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 looks unusual because of their yeah. their physicality so mm-hmm. it's like a lingering shot on a woman at a table um eating or drinking using her foot and it's just sort of lingering yeah. there and i'm like You're there's right. no there's no reason for this other than to just put a spotlight on that and that happens a couple of times throughout the film mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah okay Okay, I see. And show, I mean, it's even showing the breadth of how many of the freaks are actually a part of that. And what mm. I mean, and, and so this is the thing, like they that when they find this is a really great film, and I love that we're mm. watching something so old as well. And, yeah, oh, yeah. It just it, it's really awesome. And I and we were cleaning my apartment while watching it, and both mm. of us stopped cleaning. Chris is my housemate. We mm. stopped cleaning. We're like we're ridiculously invested in this mm-hmm. more than anything else mm-hmm. to see what happens, and and that the ending when you see what the freaks have done to her. I have um, questions. Oh, look, well, I'm, a, you know, they. they How? What? Uh, well, obviously the, we're going to let the logic go. We're going to let the logic go. But, okay. but yeah. uh, you know, that they did something to, and, that, and that's her now and that's her life and, and she's in the circus, in the travelling circus, and she's literally one of them. And, and, and she had such, like, one of the things that I love as well is all of, the, it's beautiful in the way which they did with this, where all of the uh, non-freakish people in the circus were both acting ugly and ugly in soul, but also a level of them was ugly in physicality, as mm. opposed to the freaks that all had so much beauty. It, mm. it, it was really, it's really an amazing thing of casting and balance, and mm. they really, they really do do they do it in a really smart way. I yeah. think it's just, yeah. it's just really. Yeah, really strong, and 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 you, you, it's not overplayed, and you don't overemphasize. Like you're just not an awful person. Yeah, and, I feel, and you don't feel you don't feel bad. Did you, did you feel bad for her at the end? I what she got? I didn't feel bad for her. I felt confused. I felt like <laughs> how what the fuck? How did I put her then, head on a goose's body? And then, but, I think and it's supposed then, to be the shock, though. Is it supposed yeah, to be oh, the absolutely. shock? Because like, yeah, no yeah. matter what they did to her. That it wasn't going to be, whereas that's more of a, oh, what the fuck, you know, a yeah. what the fuck moment at the end of the movie, whereas if they just cut her hands off or just disfigured yeah. her, it probably wouldn't be enough, Yeah, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You know? And I actually do like that that's how the story started. It reminds me of like a... um like an anthology, an episode mm-hmm. from an anthology series, you open with we're at the freak show and here's the story. She was once the most beautiful woman in the circus. And I kind of, yep. I like that that's how the narrative plays out. Um, yeah. But I, also the ending, which I, I like, so, and that's, we find out what happened to her, which has been the whole part mm-hmm. of it. And then, yeah. and then it's like, you know, the, the little person that married her, he, he feels so ashamed. And Hans. He, he, Hans is, is like, you know, he's gone back home and, and then, you know, the ones that were his friends come to visit and go, it's not your fault, it's okay. And it's a beautiful moment. Yeah. It's really the a happy ending film. is lovely. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. I'm, Ooh. I'm oh. sorry in advance. I don't like Hans and I didn't oh. feel sorry for his character because, okay, he just, like, cheated on his, yeah. like, yeah. partner yeah. and nobody yeah. seems to give a shit about that. Everyone's just yeah. like, oh, well, but now we feel bad for him. I'm like, 
Hans, you got what you fucking deserved. Like you yes. just stepped out on this amazing Not woman. And married another yes. woman. And the whole time she's just there being really supportive still. And I'm like, oh my God. And then yeah. even at the end when, you know, he's all like um sad because of how everything turned out, and she goes back to him and like holds him like a fucking child. I'm just like, oh, oh just oh, this. Okay. I mean, it says something about her love for him and the yeah. reality of her life. Like, it you says know, something I, about the role that women play in relationships with men as mothers. Very, yeah, okay? you're right, you're right. Like, well, that, that's uh, played it all throughout the film. Yeah, he, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm yeah. really, I'm, you know what? No, I'm not sorry. No, 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 I'm you're not sorry. I'm entitled to my reading sorry. of the film. Yeah, yeah, of course. But um, not even just that, you're not wrong in any way, shape or form with what you're yeah, saying. Like that, like, that is played out. Like, like I enjoyed the film. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. I, I really enjoyed this. But you're um, right, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I was watching it all along feeling like, I feel like I'm meant, am I meant to feel sorry for Hans? Because I don't. Like, am I the monster? <laughs> no, I did, and that's the thing. I actually didn't feel sorry for Hans. Like, that was the end bit with yeah. the storyline. But I didn't I felt feel sorry for the community. I, yes. I felt sorry for like, the community and sorry for her. Like, she was yeah. trying to, please don't do this to him. You're she making fun of him. him. I actually and... love him. Trying to yeah. And, and yeah. She, I, think... so I felt sorry for her. But the thing as well at the yeah. end, I just want to assure you, sorry before. Yeah. The thing at the end when um, it's the fact that he, I think that he's not ashamed. You know, I just wanted to poison her, but it's the reality of what, uh, that he turned his back on his community. The, the oh, ugliness yeah. of him was, was shown to everyone as well. But my thing with Hans too is that, like, yes, you know, I'm not not condoning what he did was in the horrible person and cheating on his partner. But I think for him too is that he's probably grown up with the ridicule and Constant, he's been teased yeah. and everything his whole life. And all of a sudden this beautiful, for lack of a better term, normal woman is interested mm-hmm. in him and he doesn't realise it's for his money. So he well, gets... Well, no, hang on a second, hang on a second, hang on a second. Sorry, sorry. No, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to not okay. interrupt <laughs> <laughs> so that, well, this is the way I read it in that. So he is blinded. He's got the blinkers on. This beautiful woman has said to him, Hey, what's up? What's up, dude? Let's, you know, let's hook up. And he, he puts the blinkers on and doesn't see anything else. And he gets manipulated. And, but I think with the ending with him going into isolation is that he realizes he fucked up. He realizes that's why he's disappeared from the community. He, all this stuff has, mm. is because he was blinded by this woman. And so he left because he's like, I, I've shamed mm. my community. I've left my my people. You know, mm. I, I fell, I did not go with my people. I went with this other person. So I'm leaving because I'm getting the hell out of here because I'm ashamed of what I did. And that's what well, I read. It. Pa- He's at home standing in that fire yeah. brooding yeah, because of that. But an important thing I want you to remember as well is he didn't start being turned by her when she found out he had money. No, that was true. literally more than halfway through the film. Mm. He yeah, was true. enamored with her from the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and she was, like, playing with it on the trapeze. Which kind of makes with her even more, like, yeah, monstrous exactly, yeah. because she, oh, to begin with, she was literally just doing it for the lols. Like, she yeah. wasn't even. And that's it. Yeah, and that's what I mean. She just wanted to humiliate him. He's got that puppy dog love for this woman, and you know she's she's supposed to be the most beautiful woman in the Mm. in the uh, circus. And of course, someone like him is going to fall in love with her, and she's going to be like, ha ha, yeah, you know. It's like the you know someone who has an older sister who, and one of her friends comes over, and he's like twelve, and he's infatuated with her, and she's like, ah ha ha, you know, when you're older, Mm. uh, joking around, and then you know, eventually, this is what happens with this one is that you know it goes all to shit for him, and that's Mm. why I read it that. He is ashamed of what he did. He didn't just disappear mm. because he's like, oh, fuck, look what they did that one. I'm getting the fuck out of here. He's because ashamed he also of his... had a love for his community. 
Yeah, and he so he yeah. shamed his community and his people, and he didn't feel like he was one of them anymore. And that's why he's brooding by the fire at the end because he is so ashamed of what he did that he ran yeah. away and he left. And that's how I read it anyway. Mm. In that he, it's not so much that he went, oh, that didn't work out. I'm going. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, more yeah. that I fucked up. No, I, I feel I would so agree. bad for my friends. I'm out yeah. of here. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do agree that it, it does seem like he has genuine remorse, and as you say, he seems to feel. That, that shame that you've described at the end and it and and I yeah I agree that was definitely my reading of his journey I think mm. at the end he does feel yeah. ashamed um I th- think I, I yeah I agree with that and I think at the same time an element that that was difficult for me the more I think about it is it's not just like he cheated on his 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 lovely um partner and and then she, sort of was there for him in the end anyway. It's sort of all around the depiction of the two main female characters in this. A cast as mm. either this villainous seductress who is this evil femme fatale or it's the the doting, dutiful mm-hmm. wife who will yeah, be there yeah. and, and come they back to you no options. matter what you do. And there were the two options for women in this movie, which oh, and the, but, I don't know, it's, a, about, it's of its time. It's, well, I was going to say, when you think about the time when the movie was made, those were the two roles for women, unfortunately. That's all they yeah. had. So, like... And you know, it is, it's, it is it's unfortunate. a product of its time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And look, that that aside, um, I do, I did really enjoy this film, and I really enjoyed the, um, I as much as it seems like an obvious metaphor that you're meant to think of the freaks as the monsters and the quote unquote normal people as good, it's still. I mean, because it was probably one of the first films to do this so explicitly, mm-hmm. it's like this is where the trope comes from. This is where, yeah. you know, so, and I do, I really, I feel like at the time it would have been really um, powerful and ambitious to tell that kind of story. Um, and I, yeah, I really enjoyed that Ooh. that narrative. Well, I feel like that's why so many people had a problem with it too, is that, yeah. you know, we're showing you how horrible normal people can be, you know, lack of a better term, normal people can yeah. be. Whereas the people you expect to be the horrible monsters who are going to murder everybody. Well, you're having is, to view yourself as the monster. Like the audience which, has yeah. to go in there and empathise. I mean, which is, why, with, which is why it's brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. You're sort of forced to empathise with a community that in back in that time people probably didn't empathise with. We didn't even talk about how the scene where they go to attack the strongman, where they're all coming out of under the mud mm. and under the trailers yeah. and everything is yeah. so scary. It's yep. so, but it's beautifully oh, shot okay. in the black and white mm, works yeah. so well. But this also, so, good. so for people who watch the Simpsons Halloween specials like I do every year, the only ones I keep up with, they actually did this as a, as a Halloween special as well. Oh, and Homer oh, wow. was the strong man and Marge was the trapeze artist and then everybody else was all the uh, oh. What did they turn Marge into at the end? I think the chicken as well, from what I remember, wow. yeah. Oh, chicken, I, I assumed it was a goose. God, I love Treehouse of Horrors. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it was a, was a goose as well. Oh, it's a goose. goose no, some it's kind, some goose kind of foul bird, like some, yes. yeah. Some kind of poultry. Wow. Some kind of game. Um, I was just thinking the whole, like, audiences being uncomfortable because they have to confront themselves as the monster. Yeah. It makes me think of this more recent trend of, um, I want to call it, like, the, the evolution of black horror. Um, mm-hmm. Think about directors like... Um, Jordan Peele and these these series of movies around the horror of white people, um, yep. you know, white the, the idea of whiteness and um, 
yeah, just just white culture being a horror visited upon um, black people. And it's a similar kind of thing. Like there's been a lot of controversy around, you know, will audiences even accept this kind of movie? Will they actually enjoy it? And it's the same reason. It's because it's forcing people to see Look themselves. Inward. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To see themselves as villains and to empathize with a group of people that unfortunately still in 2021, um, a lot yeah. of white people don't empathize with people who are not white, but that's another yep. podcast uh, yeah. that's a, I mean, we've got, yeah, we can talk about that for... That's a whole thing. God, more days than we're doing this one. Yeah. <laughs> but three amazing movies. Like, what a yeah, great... I just really love brilliant. the spectrum of, like, human monsters that we've covered mm. in, in this episode. I think so it's just good. been perfect. Yeah. Good choices, yeah, okay. everyone. Very Go happy. Yes, well done. Yeah. High oh, five. High good. five all around. <laughs> well, I hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, we, if you have a human monster monster movies or moments or things that you think capture what a human monster is why not let us know on our socials um because yes while we're doing podcasts every single day we want to hear from you and what Mm. you think as well Mm -hmm. what did you think of these films i can't just enough if you haven't seen freaks please do the only Mm. place i was able to find it was to rent it on apple tv but Mm. so worth it so worth it it's absolutely it's only an hour just over an hour long too yeah yeah Yeah, it's great it's really good yeah yeah all right, everyone, we'll see you tomorrow when we dive into another group of horror films. Ha, Bye. Gobble. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>